1: What's up Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to another episode of Outside the Trenches. I'm BJ Kizzle, joined by a familiar yet new face for this show in Arrowhead Pride's Craig Stout. Craig, what's going on man?
2: Hey man, I'm just basking in the fact that the Chiefs, all they do now is just win AFC championships and go to Super Bowls. I mean, it, it's becoming old hat already. After 50 years, we just become immune to this now.
1: It's, an, it's the new normal. Better get used yeah. to it, and we always uh, we've been saying on this show, Nick and I had for a long time in the old show that we had together, that don't become Patriots fans, like just don't yeah. do that. And now it's just naturally the ego of, of Patrick Mahomes and what he does to us as football fans. Uh, we will get into that, and we it's receipt episode here on Outside the Trenches because. People just keep doubting the Chiefs and uh, they keep giving reasons not to. But, again, I want to thank our uh, sponsor of this show and Jack Stack Barbecue. I actually got Jack Stack again this week. So we had Jack Stack last week and they won. So, naturally, you're going to order it again and – Part of it's just awesome because you get to order the outside, the trenches special, which you guys can all get uh, if you go to jackstackbbq.com. Go to it's carry out only, but uh, Saturday and Sundays of the Chiefs game, so you can get it for Super Bowl Sunday. You want to get some barbecue, you get some ribs, you get some pulled pork, you get some um, uh, brisket, and uh, you get all that from cheesy corn and beans. You put trenches ten in the code box, and you get ten dollars off. So uh, thank you to Jack Stack, and obviously everybody knows who's listening to this show. It is. Delicious. So, Craig, um, I put this take out on, on Twitter. And I know you're going to agree with me. I'm going to try to find uh-huh. something before the end of the show that we disagree on. Okay. But Patrick Mahomes has become the surest thing in all of sports. And that's really hard to do at 25 years old, and that you just know like what's going to happen. And maybe it's that all the other fan bases, like everyone else who watches football, obviously doesn't watch as much as we do of Patrick Mahomes in every game that he's played. He's never had an egg. He's never gone out there and not played well. He's had halves where he didn't play well. And he came back in the second half, but there's never not been a time that he went out and was arguably the best player on the field in that given day, which is crazy for a league that humbles you very quickly that he just keeps doing it over and over and over again. And everybody else who's trying to be that guy to be like, I knew he was going to fall. There's waiting for him to fall, Craig, and it's not going to happen. It's just, no, he's, this is something we've never seen before.
2: It really is. I I'm old enough to remember when I was told that when the NFL got tape on him, look out, like they were going (laughs) to shut him down. That, that still hasn't happened. So maybe, maybe next year they'll have enough tape. I, I just, it is as sure of thing as anything in sports right now. Like when the Chiefs were down nine to nothing in this game early. You know, a special teams miscue, a defensive drive where they were able to help, hold them to a field goal, and then the offense gets on the field just barely misses on a play that would have broken this thing wide open early. Then all of a sudden people are looking at that going, oh, they're down two scores. No, none of us were. (laughs) Nobody was uncomfortable because you know that you're giving the ball back to Patrick Mahomes. You know that he's going to make something happen because as to yet, nobody's slowed him down for an entire game. It just hasn't happened. And you know what you're getting in the playoffs. You're getting peak performance, Patrick Mahomes, on top of that. I mean, this man was hurt. Seriously hurt. He has a turf toe. He's coming off of a head injury and the performance that he put on today, he was near perfect. Like I don't think yeah. that I can remember a single pass that I was like, "Oh man, that was that was a bad one by Pat." No, it, he was excellent all game long. We just are starting to grow accustomed to this and the rest of the league is catching up slowly, you know. They they only get to see him a little bit here and there, but they're catching up and my goodness. Like uh, it's going to be hard to doubt him going forward. Just period. In any game,
1: I'm at the point thinking like the worst pass that he threw all game was the one to Clyde in the flat where he got lit up oh, by Jordan Boyer. Yeah, like we're at the point now. Is like Patrick, you can't make that pass. You got to know yeah. he's going to get hit. Like that's yeah. where we're at. That's the expectation now for him. Is like you can't. You got to know better than that, Patrick. Like you can't do that. But right. uh, yeah, whatever you want to say that he's the surest thing in all of sports. He's he's inevitable. Um, all of those things. And and Craig. There's going to be a lot of time, and you, I know you and and Matt and um, Kent do such a great job on Arrowhead Pride of breaking everything down. You're going to have time, and anybody who's listened to that should go listen to your episode over there. So I don't want to pull you into that space because you'll do that over on your guys' great content over here. Over on this one, we talk perspective, and we just mm-hmm. talk about like, hey, if you're listening to this, it's a couple of days. It's you listen to it late Sunday night for those who can't sleep. You're listening to it Monday, Tuesday uh, about the game and. Um, I love talking. I'm glad you and I are talking about this because there's nobody I've been talking about uh, just facilitating Chiefs discussions with longer than you. Like it, you were one of those guys like all the way back to the beginning of Arrowhead Pride when we started doing this together, and that's what makes like these moments cool. Is like can you can you imagine back in you know the Brian Dable <laughs> Bills? I didn't even put that together. The Bills offensive where I'm never gonna forget Arrowhead Pride Ooh. sitting at uh, Sportsplex Poway in San Diego, just outside of San Diego at my job, and I was working like the late shifts on Friday night, and it was like 9.30 at night, and then this press release comes out that the Chiefs hired Brian Dable as their offensive coordinator, and I was like this can't be good, <laughs> like nothing nothing good gets released at 9.30 on a Friday night um, but to go from that, and Brian Dable it was the Peyton Hillis connection, oh. he's gonna bring it out of him, I'll never forget oh. that but I know, I know. But to go from that, and he's obviously done very well for himself, so it's not like that. But to go from that fan base that we were, and, and the the struggles, and just clamoring for relevancy, to now be in this position with the brutal losses, and that's where I feel like Chiefs fans are gonna take pride, and they're gonna take ownership of this time. They're gonna be fiercely protective of all of it. Because of the bullshit that we've all had to deal with in some of those games. I don't care. I'll put money in the swear jar. Like, the Colts game. Like, all of the Colts games. The Patriots game. Like, there are so many Titans. The game. The Ford Progress game. The Steelers
2: game. game, The, like, let's... We can
1: run down this list here. Yeah. Yeah, it goes all the way back to Tony G and the play... Like, all of the stuff, Mm -hmm. like, way back then that... This is all like re- like replenishing all of those horrible memories, and so like don't be like egotistical about the fact that your quarterback is like a walking Baby Yoda or like however you want to describe him, but don't take advantage. Like don't be like arrogant about it. Tell people tell people how to fan, but mm-hmm. like never lose perspective of how freaking crazy this is. No team has repeated Super Bowl champions in like this is what two thousand three. And no Mm -hmm. teams ever won three in a row. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I remember looking up the stat because this is the kind of stuff that, like, I thought Tyron Matthew could be, like, motivated on. And that only 307 players that have ever played football in the hundreds, 100,000, I don't know how many players have ever played Mm -hmm. in the NFL. But going all the way back, 307 (laughs) players have been a part of back-to-back Super Bowl championships. And so there's what, probably like thirty guys on this team that were on last year's team. That's a number I'm pulling out. I should I should have looked at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But like something like thirty guys are looking to be a part of that three hundred and seven. So when you talk about guys like Tyron Matthew who aren't trying to come win a Super Bowl, and I've made this point to you even on the phone, just like BSing on the way home. I was like, the reason like I was excited not as a not as a Chiefs reporter employee back then, but just as a Chiefs fan and getting to see it, was that they weren't motivated by like going to win a Super Bowl. Like they're literally motivated by being the best to ever do it, whatever everything they've ever done. So like every practice isn't to win that game and then to win that Super Bowl and then, oh, man, we did it. Like they mm-hmm. are trying to be legends. And that's what makes it so exciting and that's what makes this ride so special because you got to see like you get to see it and the way that they are with the fans, it's just it's a special time. And Yeah. Uh, I mean you you listen days, to
2: them coming off of that Super Bowl. Last year, the very yeah. first thing that a lot of those guys said, I mean, you were there. You're standing next to a lot of them. The very first things that they're saying I don't remember is anything <laughs> you
1: I don't blacked out anything. from joy. I understand. But I bits and pieces. But
2: <laughs> but uh, the very first thing a lot of those guys said was, all right, we're going to do this again. Like, yeah, this, w- one is cool, but two is better. Like, we're going to we're going to run this back. I mean, they've said it all year long. I mean, you you see those those team slogans and everything like that, that run it back and everything like that. It was cool to put on a shirt. And of course, you believe that they were going to, you know, go out and do that. But there's been countless teams that have said things like that, that have, you know, put their slogans out there like that really had that kind of mantra around their team. And never once did you ever think that this wasn't going to happen. Like, it seemed inevitable because they were such a good team. They were so well coached. They had such good talent. And they had a group of guys that played together so well. It just seems kind of... It is. It's Thanos. It was inevitable (laughs) that they were going (laughs) to get here.
1: Like, it it really felt that way for most of the year. And part of me, like, will look for things to be, like, happy about now. And you go back and you're like, look how they handled this. But... It would feel natural for the guys to kind of after winning a Super Bowl and then with the COVID stuff, and mm-hmm. that like the way that it's COVID's affect everyone's lives is one thing. And we've all been affected. We have kids, like every single person has a COVID story over the last year. And not to, to put them on a pedestal, and that's not where I'm coming from, but the way that those guys and everyone in that organization, those guys and girls, the athletic trainer, like everyone who's in that building, had to dedicate their lives. It's not like they can, I shouldn't go out in public. I shouldn't go out and do this. I shouldn't go out and do that. If they go and do something and put themselves in a bad spot and get it, they've now put, like, the game at risk. Like, it really is that serious. So for them to handle all of that during this kind of season, coming off a Super Bowl where they could have just taken a breather and, like, hey, it's just kind of an asterisk-type season anyway. There's not fans just – all crap anyway i can't go see my my friends i can't do what i want for everyone in the organization to lock in the way that they have um everyone who's around the team i know that there's all kinds of restrictions a bunch of people still working from home and most internal people that aren't like directly around the players like trainers and equipment they don't they're not around the players at all we haven't seen any in-person interviews or any of that but just for the way that the team locked in with covid restrictions and all that stuff um, it was it has to be more special for the people who are in that building um, to go through this season with all of the reason in the world to like take a step back. Like we already got a ring. We'll start right. back up in 2022, and it that's got to feel really good for guys like Rick Burkholder. Well. Rick families are well
2: for all those teams. Oh yeah. Just, Oh man.
1: Yeah. Rick Burkholder, Kirsten Krug, Mitch Reynolds. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Brandon Hamilton's on the the COVID task force or whatever. I don't know what they call it. The people who are in charge of making sure that everything goes smoothly. And right. um, not that it's been perfect. It hasn't been perfect for any team, but uh, it's been handled a hell of a very, very well. And I think I saw a report on ESPN, Craig, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was about the chiefs. Cause I read it and I was trying to find a reason to get annoyed uh, because it said that it had <laughs> sources on how the bills were going to handle the travel down to the Super Bowl. And I was like, oh, they're already – playing. like I know they oh. already start planning. They have to start oh. planning Yeah, that of, stuff. Course. of course. Those people have to or are they scrambling and then they're like, why were you prepared? Uh, then it leaks out that the travel guy was trying to get his job set. It was like, oh, they're getting khaki. It's like, no, the yeah, travel yeah. guy is trying to do his job. So anyway, yeah. I saw that the Chiefs um, – that Buffalo had planned on going down on like Friday before the Super Bowl and the Chiefs are treating it like a regular road game. They're just going down the day before, so there's no Super Bowl activations. There's no fan experience. I think Quentin Lucas already said there's not going to be a parade if the Chiefs Mm -hmm. win. So in that regard, it's not going to feel that way, but it, damn, it feels good (laughs) to do it again. I know. And with everything else going on, like not to go in circles. We'll get into the game stuff because there's a lot of stuff about this game uh, that I want to touch on with you. But um, yeah, it'll be
2: weird not to have Radio Row like next uh, in two weeks. Like, it'll be weird to not have the interviews and all that. And granted chiefs just came off of this and it's largely the same personnel. And that, you know, I'm sure they'll do some stuff virtually, but it's just going to be a little bit different this time around. So I, it makes me sad for some of those guys that weren't at the one last year, not getting to experience, you know, the the hoopla, because I mean, you watch those guys walk out on that stage when they introduced them early in the week, like, That was an awesome experience for those guys. So, you know, I guess we'll just have to go and do it again next year. That way, you know, some of these guys can get to do that.
1: I went like this because that was an awesome experience for me too. I (laughs) love, I love the Super Bowl media night. Like that was one of my favorite things. It didn't get quite as weird as I thought it was going to be, but yeah. that was one of my favorite things of like the entire Super Bowl week last year uh, was Super Bowl media night because I got to do the the presser challenge with Travis Kelsey for any like diehard Chiefs fan that remembers that because that was like my baby. And I was like, I have this cool idea. I think I can do this. Um, and then I got to see Kiana, old team reporter uh-huh. who was with the Niners. And then I got to see my guy, D Ford. I got to give yeah. him a hug and
0: yeah. tell
1: him that, uh, yes, Chiefs fans can be a-holes and keep talking about you lining off sides. I didn't say that yeah. to him. But I would I did give him a big hug. Let's let's run that but back.
2: The Chiefs the Chiefs are in back to back Super Bowls and I've already seen a bunch of people talking about well, they should have been in three.
1: Guys, no. you're in two. Let's forget that one. It's over. It's in the past. You, you won one, play, you're in a second one. You don't want to play like revisionist history, but there's a lot to be said about the way that they lost that game and how it motivated those guys to mm-hmm. come into the offseason and how locked in they were when they came back. So and yeah. it's always going to be no, like, I kind of <laughs> like the asterisk of, yeah, Patrick Mahomes lost, but he, he didn't even get the ball. Right. <laughs> like, he didn't even give him much. If they got the ball, they would have been in the Super Bowl. And oh, they would have yeah. won that. They would have won that game. But yeah. um, let's talk a little bit about this one. There's a lot to get to, especially it's hard to remember all the way back to McCole Hardman uh, fumbling <laughs> the punt and everything about that. But um, the redemption game, the redemption. And uh, people talk about it on Twitter. So it's not like these are unique thoughts. Um, But everybody's kind of thinking the same thing that Andy Reid does such a good job of getting the ball back in those guys' hands and, and ways like that and showing him that there's trust in him. And that's a guy that's going to have to make plays when Sammy's out and they're going to have to count on him. And he's, Confident, but he's also a young player and you could see the way that he reacted. I loved it. My wife even said, Megan even said the way that that his teammates came over and they showed him on the sideline. You saw a couple of guys come over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. not in a fake phony kind of like, Hey, (laughs) these guys are close. And so when they come over, it's not that you can almost get like that embarrassed feeling. Like, I know I just screwed up. I don't want a bunch of people around me. Like they're so close that he's just like, I got you. Like pick me up all that stuff. Like I'm not gonna pretend what they're saying, but that <laughs> dynamics that they have amongst them, like it's very real and it's cool to see the glimpses of that, that pick are picked up on TV. Cause those things happen all the time. Um, but it was cool to see that moment. It was cool to see McCall step up and, and make plays.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think you see with a lot of, especially these young receivers, it's a very difficult playbook to learn. And yeah. McCall Hardman really wants to be on the field and he wants to make an impact because he sees what everybody's saying on Twitter. He hears the the noise around it. it it's hard not to. And yeah. so I think he's just pushing. He wants to make a play. Like, he wants to bust that punt. He wants to be the guy with the ball in his hands. And sometimes he tries to do just a little too much. And it gets him in trouble on occasion. So when he gets into those situations... It's nice knowing that Andy Reid then isn't going to just, you know, take him, sit him on the end of the bench and say, you're dead to me. We're not, you know, we're not doing anything anymore. No. Immediately after that, he gets him a touchdown on a bubble screen. And then he runs that end around and gets him blockers in space and lets him use his God-given talents to the best of his ability. Like Andy is an expert at doing that. It's not just McColl. It's everybody. Like they try the best to try and get these young players to build confidence because they know that they're going to need to count on him. McCall Hardman's not going anywhere. They need yeah. that guy to step up and be a receiver in this offense, not just in the super bowl, but next year and the year beyond you banish yeah. him into the end after that play, all of a sudden you ruin potential confidence of a player. So it yeah. was awesome to see that Andy got him, got the ball back in his hands and he made big plays with it.
1: And I think we forget because Tyree kill makes everyone else look slow And (laughs) McColl, McColl is extremely fast. Don't get me wrong. But Tyreek's quickness in addition to his speed just is different level. And so I say all, I say all of that into where like you see it with McColl but, like, you don't see him out, like, turning it to the next level. Like, I, you don't see it a lot. And so when he got that, like, end around and he, like, put his foot down and he had that straightaway, that's when you were like, okay, that's the McColl, like, we're used to seeing when he, like, turns on the Jets. Um yes. Like, that's he, the Jets. Again, yes. that you don't get these things if you're not watching on YouTube for everyone listening to the audio. <laughs> you don't get the the facial expressions, really sell it. But uh, what do the guys I want to talk about on the offense, and we're not talking about Tyreek Hill going for Hold on. Let's make sure we get these stats correct because there's a lot of numbers. Nine catches for 172 yards for Tyreek Hill and 13 catches for 118 yards and two touchdowns for Travis Kelsey. And if you're listening to this podcast, you listened to it before, they're – both gonna end up in canton at this point travis kelsey's already gonna be in Canton. oh yeah. this point Yeah, it's already done and at this point tyree kills gonna stay here long enough with With Patrick Mahomes these numbers like he's gonna have a case um, Yeah, if he's well on his way uh, to having a case for that So we're not gonna spend a lot of time on this podcast talking about them because I want to talk about one other guy And I want to tell this little story. I put it out on social I'm going to pat myself on the back for this, not this guy, because I didn't have anything to do with his success. But I liked him a lot in the draft, went undrafted, and then we picked him up, and we're seeing the fruits of a lot of work he put behind the scenes. And I talk about 31 and Daryl Williams. And, Craig, I'll never forget the first day of rookie minicamp. I stayed after practice, went straight to the locker room, and found Daryl Williams because I want to interview him uh, because I knew – he was projecting Dane Brugler, who is now with the athletic uh, draft guru guy, much like yourselves, much the like best. yourselves. And no, Dane, Dane no, is he's a stuck. the best though. Yeah. Dane's <laughs> a stud. I'll never forget. I walked into John Dorsey's office one day. I can tell these things now. And John got a job with the lions. So he's back yeah. in the league. Uh, yeah. But I walked into Dorsey's office and Brugler's draft guide was sitting on his desk. And I was like, you read, <laughs> like, nothing against Dane, if you're listening, I'm sorry. But I didn't expect to see, like, a media media draft guy sitting on his desk. He's like, yeah, I read this every year. Like, it's good. He's the best. Like, yeah. That's my guy. I know him. Yeah. So, I'm going to trust him. So, anyway, uh, Dane Bruegel was a guy who was really high on Daryl Williams. So, I got to watching him and, like, pre-draft the stuff that I do. So, I immediately went to him because at the time that Daryl Williams decided to come to the Chiefs, we had Sharkandrick and Spencer Ware and um, I can't remember Jamal at the time. Like, I all the years get mixed up but I remember at the yeah, time great. we were loaded at running back and he was I believe the top available UDFA running back that was available to go wherever he wanted he could have gone wherever he wanted but he chose to come to the Chiefs and it just surprised me and then you get to know a little bit about his story and it should have been that surprising because he's a kid that out of high school was the number two running back in the entire state and LSU was his dream school that's where he always wanted to go but the same LSU signed the number one running back in the state of Louisiana, It was Leonard right. Fournette, in the same class. And so, Daryl could have decommitted. It's not like he was there and then was going to quit on his guys. He could right. have decommitted from his dream school because he wasn't going to get to play, necessarily, because Leonard Fournette was an absolute beast. Uh, and still was. He looked really good in their game earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... For Daryl Williams to make that decision in college and then stick it out and never really got his chance to be the guy except for, like his last year uh, because Darius Geis stepped in after right. Leonard Frenel. Another so he, awesome running back, yeah. Yeah, so... To come to the Chiefs to buy his time. He's been here for three or four years. Um, a guy who's always done the right thing. He's almost like the exact opposite of McColl Hardman. Where like McColl Hardman's always trying to do too much. Like he needs a little bit more Darryl Williams. Who Darryl Williams is going to give you exactly what you need on every single play. He's not going to be the fastest guy, the biggest guy in the world, but he's going to run his freaking tail off and Mm -hmm. he's going to run through some tackles, and he's going to give you every ounce of energy you're looking for. He's going to catch the ball in a big situation when you throw it to him. Uh, And protect Patrick
2: Mahomes in the meantime at a ridiculously high level. Yeah.
1: Those are the guys that make your team completely complete. When that guy can step in and make plays the way he does. Um, I was happy for Dale Dale Williams to to get the last couple of games with all the work that he's put in and just his story in general and the guy that could have done what a lot of kids do and not to – go off on another tangent but in today's night like there's transfer portals and guys they're not starting so they leave and they go somewhere right. else and like it's the coach's fault like all this other stuff like he never was that guy and so when there's a little adversity and things aren't going well or somebody gets hurt he's the mind like that's the guy you want stepping in because it's not the moment's not too big for him because he freaking earned it he's wired yeah. that way i love it he's not
2: he's not he's it. not glory chasing here I mean, he definitely yeah. wants it. Don't get me wrong. Like, he wants the ball. He wants to make an yeah. impact. It's not like he's just content to sit behind everybody. But he is a player that has been in this position before. You can trust him to do all the little things because he knows that he has to do the little things to get on the field. And that's yeah. what Andy loves about him. And you're seeing it, this playoffs. I mean, he has been rock solid. The past two weeks, he has been yeah. a go-to guy. That that first down at the end, that that is Daryl Williams to a T. Break a tackle, get outside, get upfield, locate the sticks, get down to end the game, and then get up and wave them off because they, okay. were, they were chirping.
1: So, <laughs> I got a trivia for you. What was the breakout game? What was the the game that Daryl Williams played? Oh, were you? saw it and this is such a trick question because I know exactly oh, the man. answer I'm looking for. But there was one game that he played a few years ago. It was just like, okay, that guy can play.
2: It was three years ago, right? Um Yep. Oh man. I don't remember which one it was. They've all blended together now and I'm all the a same guy.
1: same game that Patrick Mahomes threw a ball like eighty three yards or whatever it was. Oh um It's in a brand new stadium. I can't remember. I'm blanking. It was a preseason game against the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, right. He went off. It was a trick question because it was a preseason game. But that was a game where, like, like he got his opportunity because he went in there with Mahomes. And that was Mahomes' rookie year um, that he wasn't starting. So, yeah, like I said, it was during the preseason. But, anyway, uh, happy for Darrell Williams. Now I'm going to go to the other side of the ball, uh, which is funny. We're done talking about the offense. We didn't talk about Kelsey. We didn't talk about Tyreek Hill. Um, They're good. We talked about about Mahomes in this like aura bubble that he is. And it's just, he's perfect. Like his feel for the game. And that was what Mm. surprised me to make my last, my last point about this. And I was watching this. I don't know if it's just because he's a little bit older and doesn't move as well as he used to, but Aaron Rodgers was taking so many sacks and couldn't get away from guys. And I was like, that's the difference that I think with Mahomes that it's either his feel, just his pure athleticism at his age, and that he's just more athletic than those guys are, or it's just a combination of both, and that he doesn't take those kinds of sacks where he steps up and moves around the pocket. His feel for where guys are in relation to him and how to get away from them to throw on the run and get outside the pocket could be the best of any quarterback to ever that I've ever seen play. I'm not going to make a bigger statement because I'm not going to pretend sure. to have watched some of those guys back in the day, but... It it's so much different when you watch other guys and they get sacked and you just have that like, anxious like how can you not get away, like mm. I'm used to watching guys just get away and then throw it back across their body and that's just what you do.
2: Or even with a guy draped around his legs,
1: like the ability yeah. to still find. I hate that still... though. Oh man, it terrifies like, me every time somebody's around his <laughs> legs. Like, get away from his legs. Get away from his feet. But I mean mad. he's an
2: expert Go he's Feliciano
1: and Dion Dawkins on you. Like, just get away from him. Mm, mm, mm. Talk about Petty but, I mean, though. Okay. Yeah, oh man. We'll get into we, that. We'll get into that at yeah, the end.
2: We'll get into that at the end. But I mean a guy That's draped it. around his legs and the arm talent and the velocity to be able to chuck it fifteen yards on a third and eleven and find Travis Kelsey wide open in the middle. It just it's stupid. Yeah. It's silly. It's not fair. You know, it,
1: you know what's stupid and silly is what Josh had on the ball at for his face. We can make a joke of it, but that's the crap that doesn't. You it's a gif. And the Chiefs players aren't ever gonna forget that. That's a disrespect like a disrespectful thing. I don't think it's disrespectful. Okafor, I try to look at it from like a was it a late hit? No, like and he didn't try like pull him down or twist him or do any of that. He just kind of draped on him and then Allen kind of flopped over he to wasn't go down, down to the ground. Yeah, like he wasn't down. the whistle, it was close. Like that was one of those close sure. The Breland one was not close. Unless no. body slamming a guy is illegal, the whistle was blown when he was in midair. Mm-hmm. Like that was as bad as forward progress. Like that didn't make sense to me, but I I'm watching YouTube TV, so I was like three literally three minutes behind. <laughs> There were times where the they were punting and like I was on first down of the drive and it was just so frustrating. So I couldn't get on, I can't get on Twitter um, during the game unless I pop in to say something real fast and then I get out because I don't want to be spoiled by all the plays. But let's sure. go to the other side. Let's go to the other side of the ball before we talk about Josh Allen's pettiness, um, and I'll talk about my guy Frank because I trust you. I'm very protective of Frank in these Twitter streets um, and how people talk about my guy Frank, um, and I i don't know how he played other than i saw a couple sacks that he kind of ran mm-hmm. into i'm not gonna say it was like one of them wasn't the most like dominant pass rush i've ever seen he's kind of sure. run into him but there's also times where he completely blows up a play and doesn't give credit for it in a box score mm-hmm. so um while i didn't look at box score i did and i saw two sacks for my guy so mm-hmm. how do you think he played tonight without watching the all 22 and putting you on the spot where you're gonna start getting hate mail
2: Oh, that's going to happen anyway. Like you're not getting hate mail from
1: anybody who listens to this podcast. I promise. Well, that's you, good. This is that's a safe good. space, Craig. <laughs>
2: yeah. E L E here. E L E. It was not his best game. Like I'll, okay. I'll be frank. There's the pun. Um, I'll be frank. Uh, it was not his best game. He now, had two sacks, that being said, AFC champion. he had Mink,
1: Mink coat after sacks. the game,
2: so I think it's pretty oh, good. Oh man, game. I loved it. I, I love. I'm here for Frank I'm Clark. I'm here for his energy. I I'm love here. Frank Clark. I'm so here. It for seemed it. like they had him kind of playing a little more containment rushes. Like okay. it wasn't full bore all the time. I don't know if that was a coaching point. I like you said. I need. I need to see more yeah. all twenty-two. That's
1: but it, why I trust. That's it why seemed asked like you. he was
2: kind of standing up. Right at the line of scrimmage, a lot, and just kind of eyes in the backfield, reading what's happening back there. So I need to but see. But that's just what being lazy because he
1: doesn't care. He doesn't want to. Rush. No, no, I'm being Twitter. definitely not. I I'm know, being bad I know. Twitter. I shouldn't say Twitter because I'm sure people listening. Hey, are hey, good Twitter. People. Like if you're listening, I you're a good person. You don't do those things, but I. Yeah, like what Twitter, you said. The, is the box score. Just because he didn't get home doesn't mean he didn't do what he was supposed to Correct. on that play. But it also doesn't mean that if he was supposed to, then I'm just gonna make sure. excuses for him. Like I sure. don't know. All I know is that the whole totality of what they've put together with Frank and everyone else, with the contracts and all of it, it works. Mm-hmm. So you can't and it's anyway, Frank I'm go Clark off has on a seven tangent.
2: postseason sacks in five games. Like that's what it, you pay regard- him for. Regardless of what you want, he had seven quarterback hits in last year's playoffs. He had at least three that I can remember that weren't sacks tonight. So he played a good game. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't the dominance that we may have seen last year, but he played a good game. Chris Jones also played a good game. He started that game white Hot and he had some refs at the end of the game that were icing too. Alex Okafor looked really good. Tano passing looked really good. Like the four man rush worked. There was
1: yeah. a lot of those conversation. Guys playing hard, hard. Those guys,
2: lots play... of dropbacks, lots I mean, of maybe dropbacks. Maybe it was just because yeah. the
1: Packers and in... actually the Bucks tackled pretty well, but the Packers couldn't tackle yeah, at all. And it's just from watching that game and then watching our guys. I don't know if they were just. I don't say they were playing harder because that just. I hate that language at this level. Like sure. everyone's playing hard. But the, just the tackling was so much more crisp and pure, especially with Brashad Breeland. He's never going to get. I know he's talked about it because he came up as a safety. His physicality out on the edge, and Traverius Ward's not afraid to stick his nose in there too. Sure, obviously no, know those what two Tyron guys are great can at do. That. Yeah, and Hitchens is a missile. And then when you've what got what the f- front, the front running the way that they were and chasing those plays on the back, there were a couple of times I saw Tano like full on sprint. Um, down the field. And the only time I saw a guy kind of take a playoff is Chris running down when he pointed. <laughs> he was trailing Josh. He's like, somebody come tackle him. I can't run yep. this fast. But guys um, said about Frank. But yeah, like the totality of everything is working. Um, and he did have the two sacks, which will shut I, some people up. And I, then Pete going to give him like a 30 grade. Probably. And,
2: and Anthony Hitchens is going to get like a 32 grade from. Anthony Hitchens was outrageously good. Like, the Chiefs were in the dime all game long. They were in light boxes all game long. And the Buffalo Bills, you're going to look at this. And I said said this on our podcast, but I want to double down on it on this one. People are going to look at this in the next two weeks and say the Kansas City Chiefs gave up 7.2 yards per carry on the ground. Mm -hmm. Y'all, that's not the case. They allowed... 3.7 yards per carry to non Josh Allen scrambles like that to running backs and wide receivers that they brought in motion to try and get stuff, try and get runs. They blew them up like this was a really good run defense. But you're going to hear the run defense narrative because the media is lazy. They're going to look at the box score. But a lot of that is Josh Allen scrambling. Anthony Hitchens was an Absolute missile and a monster when he had to cover several extra gaps. You know they were really yeah. light in the box. He did a phenomenal job. I he's one that's going to go under the radar this week. I'm going to try and highlight it as much as possible. But holy shit, he was good this week. Swear jar,
1: swear so jar. I I like the play in the end zone where it was like Sorensen and Hitchens covering Stephon mm-hmm. Diggs over on mm-hmm. the side. I'm like I love it when it's. You don't even have to put like match guys up. You don't have to have like a Darrell Revis in his prime to shut everybody down. It's like our whole thing works, it's and spags. everybody's like, yes. "It just it works." Mm-hmm. And I I tweeted this out, and it, you're the person to bring it up to. And you look at this stuff more than me, but I love how he's situationally aggressive, and there are times in which where like second and four at midfield. I will look at everybody around me. I was like, we're bringing the house. I was like, we are going for a negative play right here because if you get beat, you're giving up the first down. Any. like, You're not stopping a team sure. for four yards on two plays. So try to get a big negative play. But the third and seven, like zero like zero blitz where they sent the house, um, you can see Josh Allen just panic right from the beginning. And it's in the yeah. back of his mind every other like third and six, the third and nine, whatever that, that play sheet is where they have that. That group of plays right in there, right? Um, it was in the back of his mind, and you could see him thinking he wasn't on his game. And to, that, to your point, two of not, those sacks,
2: two I mean, of those sacks to, were on a second and short, like where they sent the house and Buffalo dropped. Was it really? Past. Yeah, two
1: of those plays were on second and short. Yep, I was right. Yes, every once in a while, I know that <laughs> second four between like the thirties. We're gonna bring the house quite a bit. Try He's to get a negative it. play. He's yeah. bringing it. I've I've learned something in my six years. Um, <laughs> at least with bags, I've learned two years. But right um, before we get into the the bad media takes, um, what else stood out to you from this game? Because we can luxurious need, and we got to talk about the injuries. We got to talk about Eric Fisher because that is a thing, and there's gonna be two weeks yeah. to break this stuff down. So we're not trying to spend a lot of that. And this is where it gets uncomfortable because you want to like celebrate the win at the same time, like you feel. For Fisher, who's just gonna like watch his teammates, and it—the report was an Achilles, Um, and I know from being around the team that that's the first time I can remember them ever during the game putting an injury report saying Achilles, because every other time when Derek Johnson popped his Achilles, when Mike DeVito popped his Achilles, they said calf strain. Yeah. Yeah, they say calf strain, and then the next day they're like, it's an Achilles. That was the first time they ever said like Achilles, and it was like, oh, that's not good. Yeah. So my guess is it's because it's the end of the season and there's no point. Like it's it's an Achilles. Not that they play games like that. (laughs) But anyway. But yeah. Anyway. No. But I feel terrible for it. It sucks for Fisher. And when you saw what, and not that the Packers' offensive line. Um. Mm. There's gonna be a lot of credit given to the Bucks, and they they put up some huge numbers, but that wasn't. I don't know how to say this. I'm trying to say it nicely. Uh, I tried, I tried. To they got there pretty here. easily. They prob- yeah. They got there a lot easier than they probably thought it was going to be.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so. I don't disagree with that. It it was fairly effortless for Shaq Barrett to be in Aaron yes. Rodgers' lap nine times out of ten. Like, it, yes. it really was a little bit easy. That's not saying that Shaq Barrett can't also do that to the Chiefs, but Fair. this is also Andy yes. Reid. He has two weeks to prepare. I, we're we're going to see adjustments. We're going to see adjustments. It's just, it sucks for anybody to miss games at this point of the year, especially when yeah. he was one of the guys that was the consistent consistency on the offensive line this yeah. year when and they I, had no consistency. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: And I know they've won like 24 last 25 or 25 last 26 now, I think, that Mahomes has played in. Um, but there's some crazy stat with Eric Fisher because I know there was mm-hmm. last year that when he starts, they were like 29 and one or something like There's a crazy stat there that Matt McMullen will probably tweet out tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. follow Casey Chiefs, Matt. Uh, he's yeah. got a lot of great stats, but um, but let's talk about Terry Bradshaw and his terrible takes uh, or Colin <laughs> Coward or Adam Shine. Um, I, I normally don't, I don't do this, but if you're going to come up with really... Or the ESPN graphic department uh, for Matt Hasselbeck's Tale of the Tape. Um, we got to give specific context to that and that he was speaking from the last six weeks. But regardless of whatever it is, if you speak ill or try to compare someone to Patrick Mahomes, he's going to make you look silly. And so when it's the pregame show and Terry Bradshaw and Tony Gonzalez are talking... <coughs> About the Chiefs offense being in like cruise mode or whatever they point they were trying to make, which was kind of unclear to figure out when it was brought up of it's hard to just turn it on. And that's what Tony Gonzalez was saying. I think they're going to be able to turn it on. And Terry Bradshaw was just like, they can't do it. They're not going to be able to do that. And just like such a matter of fact, like they won't be able to do that against the Bills.
2: Hmm. (sighs) Hmm. Bill Cowher,
1: Bill Cowher, pro pro Chiefs opponent for a while. It seems like sure, um, but man, there's uh, people. Just why are they getting bold takes against Patrick Mahomes at this point? Have they have they not figured it out yet, or is this a sign of things to come? Have they just this not is... learned not to do it, or are we just this is going to be every year someone's going to be the guy to be like Patrick Mahomes? I
2: ge- I genuinely think that that's it. Like, we're in LeBron territory already. We're in year three. We're in LeBron territory. We're going to find every little thing that we can to pick him apart and, you know, try and dissect every little m- potential mistake that he makes hate throughout that, the course of the regular season. Me too. Me too. Gonna, Patrick,
1: people are going to hate him. Like, just because right. he gets talked about and, like, people are going to be arguing about him so much, then everyone else just gets sick of it and sick of Correct. him. Correct. And that's going to suck. Because people got sick of LeBron and LeBron was. Like twenty nine, thirty by that point. He's in 25. Cleveland,
2: yeah, it's uh, uh, LeBron. He's in that territory where he's so good, and everybody knows he's so good, and everybody knows that he's the best player in the league, time and time and time again. But you've got nothing really relevant to say. So short of saying, <laughs> from a media standpoint, I mean, really, short of saying, no, I know. Just like, from a media standpoint, you're sitting there pregame. What do you say? Do you turn around and you go, well, they don't have a chance because Patrick Mahomes is going to come out here and go scorched earth on everybody? No, you can't say that. You got to try and play it up and make it seem like it's a bigger deal. So you're saying that
1: somebody had to draw a short straw and it was like, you're anti Mahomes guy. It was like, come on. Exactly. Are you kidding me? I don't want to be anti Mahomes guy.
2: Colin Coward went, you know what? I will willingly take that on because it will bring me the clicks that I need to keep myself going. It's.
1: But it, it works is. for them it's... because they, everyone knows that Nick Wright is going to be on the other side Correct. of it, and they're going to be able to go back and forth. So he can flame it up as much as he wants, and they can play that off of each other. Sure. And that's fine. Like, that's part of media nowadays. Like, that's fine. I don't it doesn't even bother. Like, Colin Coward, like, fine, because that's his shtick. But, like, Terry yeah. Bradshaw? That's like, not his shtick. Yeah. You are know, the guy interviewing him last year, like, on the podium, and... I know, I
2: know, like you're you're talking to him and you're like, wow, that was one of the best performances that I've ever seen. And then turn around like when you watched him literally flip that switch at the end of that game and take over that game. And you're going to have the audacity to sit here and be like, you know what? I'm not sure that he's going to be able to flip that switch in the playoffs. That's what he does. You've witnessed him do it like I, it's lazy.
1: I'm trying not.
2: I know. I know. Keep it keep it together, BJ. Keep it together. Oosa. Don't go off on everybody.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't get certain things fire me up. I don't. And the Frank slander, 55 slander in a Chiefs uniform, just don't do yeah. it. Yeah. D Frank, just leave him alone. Okay? <laughs> just leave him alone. Just um, leave him alone. No, the oh, so, oh, the Terry Bradshaw thing. The only other thing that I could think of is maybe he, because I know he was upset that he wasn't on like the um, the NFL's greatest, like 100, whatever they did last year at the Super Bowl and they did like the all time greatest quarterbacks. Yeah. And it was like the five greatest guys and he wasn't on it. And it was like, it's a thing that somebody wrote about afterwards that they did like the, what do they call it? Like all decade team or whatever that was yeah. last year during the Super Bowl. You know what I'm talking about? So I like, do. The greatest quarterbacks all the time. is like five or six of them, and he wasn't one of them. But he was like on the TV set, and you could just tell how fired it. Like as soon as it was over, they went to him, and he was all <laughs> flustered and mad, and like it's a you could YouTube it, and you'll know you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. Hey Terry, how my you only feel guess about being snubbed. Yeah, <laughs> right. And the only thing I think of is he knows he's like going further down that list when Patrick Mahomes keeps winning. He's like he's already seventh, uh, and he wants to be in the top three, and now he's going to be, like, eighth because Patrick Mahomes is already up there. There's a long way to make a bad
2: But, I mean, it's one of those things, like, there's... It's going to get better. There's going to be somebody that comes along that's going to be better at this than somebody else. Like, it's not always going to be, you know what, I'll tell you what, Terry, you are an excellent quarterback, we are always going to revere you as the best of all time. I, I mean, I... I don't know of anybody that thinks that way. Like you have to be open to new ways of playing the game, new way
1: I mean what Patrick There are some Patrick. There are some that come through. uh, I mean but but those are those are the people that make the game about them and not what they can give to the game and be a part of the game. And that's what I love. Again, not to make it about like Travis Kelsey and those guys, but they love the game of football. And they are football players. They don't love what the game can do for them. They love that they get to be a part of something um, that's bigger than them, and that's the sport of football, and that comes with the history of it, and that they're going to set records. The guys are going to come after them. The guys are going to be playing this game in 20 years. They're going to be bigger, faster, stronger than the guys are playing it right now, <laughs> which is crazy to yeah. think about. Um, yeah. But, like, 20 years ago, any of these teams playing these guys, like they would boat race them. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, none of those teams would keep up with any of these teams from, like, 20, 25 put years Ch- ago.
2: Put Chase Young on any defensive line. 20 years ago, and see what happens. Like he's breaking records, he's setting Reggie White level number.
1: Like yeah. it's or Tyreek. It, Ty- like, I oh, know. Man. Like, 20 years ago, like it. God, it's really not that whole Like that was Tom no, Brady's rookie I know. year. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I remember watching those games, and they were great athletes. But it's still the game has evolved, athletes have evolved in Damn. a way that. Can you imagine running an RPO? Like in the way that all, like Andy Reid runs his offense like 25 can, years ago.
2: Can you imagine not using a fullback or a second tight end for like 75 to 80 percent of your snap? You know, being in 11 and 10 personnel like the Bills were all day, you know, it, it, it's crazy. It's crazy.
1: All right. Let's talk this week. Um, you know, what do you have on deck for at Arrowhead Pride? What content you got coming out? What podcast?
2: Well, uh, uh, we got the podcast postgame game podcast. We are going to have a podcast every single day from Mobile, Alabama, the Senior Bowl. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We I will for- be down there. Yeah. <laughs> we're hey, going buddy. out. we
1: are both be down we're go- there.
2: We're going to Mobile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, every single day, we'll be down there watching the Senior Bowl, getting getting the draft content started. You know, we got our typical draft guide that we release at the beginning of April. Every single year, we got a jump start on it this year. Um a lot of good players in mobile this year. This is the best roster that I think that we've ever seen. So, really? lots of offensive linemen. I know that will be, okay. you know, music to a lot of Chiefs fans' ears. So, I um, we're excited to get down there and do that normal defensive film reviews and then, you know, ramping up for the second Super Bowl of my lifetime in as many years. Like that's <sighs> That's insane. It's insane. Kids to are think so spoiled.
1: Kids growing up, so spoiled. It's like my son knew the Royals is like World Series champions and just knows like the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. And I'm like, you don't know yeah. the struggle. You don't know yeah. the struggle. You don't get to watch we're, the game right now. You're
2: going to turn into like Packers fans or something like that. Just always had a quarterback their entire life. Like, it, it's going to be crazy.
1: Yeah. Well, we didn't find anything to. Do. To disagree on and we've only got a few minutes left here but I am excited I'm glad you brought up the Senior Bowl and the stuff that you've got going on I'm going down to the Senior Bowl as well uh, with Chris Schneider um, i of my co-workers at let it fly media uh, we're going down there not doing any content we just have some meetings with some agents and some different people in the NFL circles down there to get some work from let it fly media but um, yeah, I heard I've heard the thing about the offensive line um, My guy Duke Duke manyweather runs O-line mm. masterminds was talking to me about the offensive linemen and just the the whole group that Jim Nagy the executive director of the Reese senior bowl has put to, uh, Job I hope you bring in a raincoat Because it's supposed am. to pour down rain the entire time that we're there.
2: I know so I know it's gonna It's gonna be one of those years. It seems like every year we go down to the senior bowl We have at least one practice rained out. So this will this will be par for the course, but It'll be good to be down there, see everybody. How
1: many? How many years have you gone? Three, four?
2: Uh, this is the third two, in year, third in a row. Third, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Because I said the first year you guys went, I wasn't there, and that was the one year I didn't go. Because I think I've gone to like nine of the last ten, or something Did, like what's that. What's the first
2: year? No, no. The first year we went, you were there. You didn't go last year because you had media obligations leading up to the C, the Super Bowl. That's right. But Two years ago because we have the infamous I still tried to go
1: last year. You, you did try to go last
2: year. We had the like, infamous Therese Paler uh jacket in Veats episode where you, you warned us l- going in about him wearing that jacket and that was
1: Oh, the Hall of Fame yeah. jacket? Yeah, the Hall of Fame jacket. The Hall jacket. of Fame he voter was, jacket is
2: the boss. He jacket? was rocking it. He was rocking it. He it should. was uh he earned he it. He should always. He's I would never boss. take that jacket off. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> he
1: earned that. It's like wearing a Super Bowl ring. I might wear oh, it around man. Mobile. I might take it are to Mobile. Are you Ooh. gonna take
2: it to Mobile? I don't know. If you're gonna Probably take not. it to Mobile, I, I might actually have to see it. So, if you want to see it, I can take it to Mobile. I, it's up to you. Now you're putting it out I on the internet. It. Like I got an insurance. Maybe. May, oh, that's maybe. true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: not doing that. I already feel weird. The ring's one thing. I already feel weird like wearing cheap stuff. Cause like I, it's half of my wardrobe, and I like I don't work for them anymore, but it's still half my clothes. I
2: mean, but the, you got gifted all that stuff. I mean, you're still proud of. The I know, team. but I'm like it's
1: packing not. to go to the Senior Bowl, and I can't wear a bunch of Chiefs stuff at the Senior Bowl because I don't work for them anymore. That's true. But it's like they're still my clothes, and I'm still That's a true. fan. Do you need so, Do you need some
2: Jack Stack stuff? That's what you need. You need a. Bunch I have a Jack of Stack Jack shirt, Stack gear. There you go. I have
1: a Jack Stack shirt. I should have worn it, but I'm superstitious, so I didn't wear it last time. <laughs> I will it for the Super Bowl um, when we go down there. I'm trying to see if Jack Stack can. Wants to sponsor a old trip down to the oh, Super Bowl and try get to get Tampa like Bay. brand sponsor. You know what I want to talk. You know what we should talk to this week is Shark He's oh, got to be torn.
2: He does. Have cousin, to be torn.
1: Devin White, yes, yes. Bucks yes. linebacker, is Shark cousin. We went down to do that story mm. on him years ago. Uh, we were hanging out with Devin. Like that was when he was in high school, getting ready to what go to LSU. He hadn't even gone to LSU yet. We were we was eighteen year old kid and we met him. And he's like, yeah, he on a
2: horse when you talk to him? Because Devin White <laughs> no. loves horses. Like, he does. He loves <laughs> he, horses.
1: He does. But no, crazy story. I was down there with Evan Miller, um, who I worked with at the Chiefs, and now he's with us at Let It Fly Media. But we were down there doing the story, and Sharkanjic told us, like, hey, this is my cousin Devin, and we talked to him for a minute and just kind of a loud kid who's having fun uh, running around and playing around. But uh, he's like, yeah, he's pretty good at football. I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> like, you know, good high school player. He's like, yeah, he's going to LSU. I was like, oh, damn. Like, that's pretty Yeah. Hey, he's got some talent. And like two years later, I flipped on the TV. I saw 40 running around making plays, and they were like, man, second, you know, two-time All-American Devin White. I was like, holy cow. And then One of
2: the freakiest top athletes to come out in the draft. Yeah, yeah. Just, Playing just next insane. to Levante David.
1: and Also talk- a
2: freak athlete.
1: Uh,
2: ugh. I'm jealous. As, as a defensive guy, I, I covet their linebacking core. I love Anthony Hitchens. Don't get me wrong. It's Willie Gay. My
1: Willie Gay's gonna get there.
2: I know, I know. Hey, he might be back. They gave him enough That's time. True. Maybe he'll be back. Maybe Sammy could also be. Maybe back. Sammy too. Might have some cool. healthy guys. Yeah, we're talking about Fisher being out. Might have some guys getting back to health for the Super Bowl. That'll be fun. Plenty over the next two weeks to talk about, though.
1: All right, we got to disagree on something. I don't care if the last ten minutes is a train wreck here. We got Kay. five minutes. Kay. You do ask me anything. Let's just have a conversation.
2: Okay. Um, then we'll invite see. Justin
1: on if he's listening.
2: Who is your favorite safety to play
1: for the Chiefs? I'm putting you on the spot there. In your lifetime, I'm just going to go like nostal- nostalgic. And he's probably mm-hmm. not the best player, but the guy that I enjoyed watching because as my developmental years as a fan, uh, Reggie Tung was the guy. Oh, okay. Because he was like an enforcing safety. Like he was sure. that guy who'd come down, like Jerome Woods, like run around and make plays and athletic and free safety getting around. Reggie tongue was the guy who was like going to come up and hit you. So mm-hmm. I loved watching Reggie tongue Now the easy answer, like Eric Berry, like he's the best safety. Like his prime, like yeah, 2015 is still going to be like oh, one yeah. of the most impressive Outrageous. seasons for a safety ever. But just as a fan growing up, Reggie tongue was the guy. Um, who's your favorite, like random chiefs, like chiefs player? So not like your all-time favorite player. Who's that random player that you liked more than anyone else that just – like Rapati Pituitua. Like, I mean, somebody he, like Ropo that. is up there. Um, I just like see. saying his name. I know. Because I know um, mine, and I've, I've given this answer a lot, but I was curious what yours is. Mike Devito's way up there. Ooh, um, okay. Uh, okay. really, Friend of
2: the show. Really, I really like the way that Mike DeVito played the game. I mean – Obviously, I, I'm trying to avoid the popular ones. I named a beer after Don Tari Poe. He's one of my
1: very, very favorite. I was talking like way Chiefs. back when. Like way not, back not, when. Yeah. Um, like Baby Craig. When you said a little beard. A little baby beard.
2: <laughs> Duron Cherry, maybe. Um, okay. I, I liked watching him play ball. I, man. The, I love the, off, Sh- the offensive Sean. line. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The offensive. The, 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 the offensive line, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I liked Willie Rofe and Will Shields. No, yeah, I liked Sean, Sean LaChapelle, some random oh. like white receiver from UCLA, like way back when. And I honestly think it was because there was like some It was like him and Stephon Page. I think we're on the same team. That's like yeah. way back then. I got but, like one. he made some crazy one. catch in one game, and I always remembered it. And I was just like, that guy's awesome. He made I that had
2: catch. Greg Hall. Ooh. A signed Greg Hall poster on my wall when I was a kid, right next to a signed picture from Rashawn Salam, who wasn't a Chief, oh. but yeah. was also... I was, Big. I was into running backs back in the day. Big back. His Heisman Trophy picture. Like,
1: yeah. So that was like the the golden age of Chiefs running backs. They just kept churning. Like, Michael Bennett oh, came in. Oh, man. Kimmel Anders. Yeah, it, like, it didn't matter. I'm a fullback. I'm a running just... back. It doesn't matter. not matter. It's hey, like, oh, line up behind hurt. Tony Richardson, and you're going to Michael go Bennett, for a thousand yards. thousand yards. Yeah, no big deal. Yo, yeah. yep. we've had uh, as much as the Packers have had an embarrassment of riches of quarterbacks. you really have had an embarrassment of riches of running back. For like a yeah, long
2: time. we did a we did a like an all time team trying to pick positions and stuff like that. Running back was easily the hardest position uh, of any of them. I mean, it, and there's some all timers at some of those spots. Like safety's tough too, but I. Running back, ugh, because Jamal, Jamal. I mean, I mean, the, Jamal is transcendent. Jamal is any era he could have played in. So it, that's what makes it tough.
0: Yeah.
1: We still I haven't know. found anything to disagree on. Um,
2: I think that hair is overrated. I think that uh, bald people are superior. Um, me and Terry Bradshaw.
1: And our shitty takes, swear jar, are, uh... <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to disagree with you on that, because I turned 38 years old on Wednesday. I got my hair cut the other day, and there was a lot more gray hairs in there that I really can't uh-huh. admit. It's and coming, so, buddy. Screw hair. It's I don't care. I'm just saying, you know, just, be... just, just take it off the top there. My wife said silver fox, and I was like, oh, my God. Silver fox. I just and think guys... of Grandma's boy, and I can't. Like, it's... That's all I think of when I hear that. Can't do it. Can't do it. All right. Well, anyone who's still listening, we appreciate you for bearing with us on the last... Ten minutes. It's supposed to be a thirty-minute episode, and here we are, almost an hour in. But uh, Craig, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you again to Jack Stack for sponsoring this podcast. Uh, I got one more episode. Not sure what's gonna, not sure what the future is going to be. We aren't prepared to talk about all that um, going into the off-season stuff. But at least one more episode going into uh, the Super Bowl, and then one to break down the Chiefs. Uh, hopefully, getting that back-to-back Super Bowls. They're going to take on the Tampa Bay. Buccaneers down. to be the first time in NFL history that a team in the host city is playing in the Super Bowl so I think saw a bunch of stats about the Bucs going on the road to win three playoff games and now they get to play the Super Bowl at home Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. I'm already sick of the storylines uh, because <laughs> they don't face each other. They don't go up against each other. Tom Brady's <laughs> got to face Steve Spagnuolo and Patrick Mahomes is going up against Todd Bowles so uh, that should be a whole lot of fun and, uh, yeah, enjoy this. Lamar Hunt Trophy, staying back in Kansas City for another year. Craig, do you have any final uh, thoughts before we let everybody go? Just,
2: just uh, like you said, enjoy it. Never take it for granted. Uh, you went 50 years without being in one of these. Now you're in two. Like, just live it up. Enjoy all of it. it it's never easy. Regardless of how easy Patrick Mahomes makes it look, it's never easy. So make sure that you relish in this at every single opportunity that you have.
1: Yes. And um, I lost my train of thought. There was one other thing I was going to bring up, Craig. Uh, we let everybody go. But uh, again, thank you to everyone who listened to this episode. Oh, we got 30 seconds. Justin, you want to pop on and say anything? Our fearless uh, producer behind the screen <laughs> who turns his mic off. And his camera, so I never know if he's back there. <laughs> never know what you're doing back there. Oh, here he comes, Justin! You got 30 seconds. We can't drag this on any longer. The people uh, are bored enough. My favorite
0: random Chiefs player is Dante Hall.
1: Ooh, Dante, oh, Dante! The okay. X Factor. We got I'm him. Digging. We get him on the show. That was Dante. I, I remember down. one of the
0: first ever highlight videos that I saw. It might have been like on old, old school YouTube. But what it was Dante Hall uh, in that I, and I just looked it up. Um, in that game against Denver, he catch. it's like they're down by like yep. two touchdowns and he catches a, a three and out route and then just puts the nastiest juke on two defenders and I was like, that was cool. He is awesome.
1: He makes the one guy tackle the other guy and yep, then goes around yep, yep, both yep, of yep. them. And then he goes the doors. I was like, that was incredible. So my
2: random Chiefs player that I love is Dante Hall.
1: I See, Justin's so over this team
2: that he's he's looking back. up Dante Hall, you know, <laughs> highlights on the side. You know, we, they just got done making a Super Bowl, and he's like, eh, "Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch yeah, yeah.
0: them." The old days are better.
1: <laughs> I got I to go pack. I got to go pack for the Senior Bowl. So me too. Uh, again, Chiefs Kingdom, enjoy this, enjoy the next couple of weeks, and uh, enjoy the fact that um, this is a dynasty like. The NFL hasn't seen before with what Patrick Mahomes is doing and what we feel like it's building towards. And um, yeah, enjoy it. We've talked about this on every episode, and we will continue. Uh, to hammer that home but thank you everybody for listening thank you for jack stack for continuing to sponsor this show craig thank you so much for filling in uh late notice nick should be back next week uh, and again justin thank you for everything you do behind the scenes in chief's kingdom have a great couple of weeks and tell your friends about this podcast if you're still listening to this you are really into this so please let your friends know <laughs> i'm trying to get to a thousand subscribers on youtube before the end of the season there's no reason that we have to i don't really care But it just seems like a good benchmark number to hit. We're at like 800 and something right now. So thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. This is the story of
0: the one.